Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in again. If you it's your first time, welcome. This is a group conversation. It's the first of many. I had this vision, like, probably a month ago to get more people involved. And then a few weeks ago, I was talking to Josh, who's on the far left of the video. And he said, dude, we should just get the homies together and do this. And God bless Josh, but also all of these guys. I'm blessed to have this group of friends super interested in talking about ideas and they're all really intelligent dudes and so we had a good conversation yeah this is really cool it, it was the most it was the most fun i've had on a recording it was very relaxed my idea was that this would be more relaxed because it's not a one-on-one -on -one conversation where i have to respond to someone after they're done talking right like you, you only have so much time to think about something that someone's saying if you have to respond right after they're done talking and so in this group conversation someone could say something and then another person could respond and I could think while they were talking and listen, but also think. And so that's really cool. And that's what we're gonna do hopefully every week, depending on these guys' schedule. So I also want to <clears throat> make this an opportunity for anyone to come on and to join me and a few other people in talking about different ideas. I want to I want this to be an opportunity for other people to come on my podcast and talk about what they think. And so if you are interested in doing that, DM me and we'll, we'll set it up. Stay tuned for Mike and me doing some one-on-one -on -one episodes, me interviewing some professors and other professionals, and then these group conversations, which, which I think might be the best stuff we do. I mean, that was so fire. This is so fire. What else? Did I forget something? Enjoy, man. Hey, like, I didn't ask do this, this, but you want to do the hardest thing you've ever done in your life over summer at some point? Mike, Mike. Um, it's gonna be a 24-hour Spartan that we're doing as a group. Jason can't make one, and Rio can't make the other, so I need an extra teammate. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just need an extra so, uh, what what is required? I looked into it, and it's basically just you do shit for 24 hours straight. What is shit? And it, there's a lot of teamwork activities. I thought it was you take shifts. It's not. Uh, you like jog. You do obstacles. You work together as a team for 24 hours straight. And it's just that, like, you completed without tapping out. You get a card that says you completed it. Damn. Can you go over the 24 hours, like, what it is? Do you know? Or um, so, basically, you get a card at four hours. It says four hours. You get a card at 12 hours. It says 12 hours. And you get a card at 24. So, there's, like, an incentive to tap out because you still get a prize. You get, like, a gold card? After we're not yeah, going yeah, yeah. to tap out. You get all three if you make it to 24 hours. And so, like, what do you do during those hours, though? It's everything. It's, like, the Spartan races that we've done. But, like, nonstop longer distances, like, up mountains and shit. There's also, like team building activities will give you like some physical puzzle you have to solve but like you have to work with multiple people to do it i don't really know too much they like kept it vague on purpose and all the reddit forums i saw people talking about were like if we told you about it it would ruin like the actual experience because oh, part yeah. of it is not knowing everything about it you just know it's going to be fucked okay, that's fine. you that's show fine. up and they that's kill you that. for a day do they, are they so like Ooh, yeah. they're probably like blowing a whistle like next thing and they're just like they rip you the directions and they just go yeah and if when you're doing the barbed wire you don't crawl they call you a pussy like if you roll they call you a pussy so you got that info yeah. it was like in no no, no just like in the, in the ones that we've done they do that oh, okay if okay. they see you rolling they're like pussy shame dude, dude on one, the of, <laughs> one of my professors i saw her on like a tuesday after the weekend and she was wearing this thing called a what's it called it's like a mud Tough mutter. Tough mutter. Yeah, she's a, a beast, legit. dude. She's one of the most. She is the most intelligent and thoughtful woman I've ever met. I think, and she's like, woman and man. Like, I don't know why I even specified woman, 
but she's genuinely one of the smartest people I've ever met, and she is really special, dude. Assumption's lucky to have her. I think, um, yeah, she like ran the honors program for a while. She's a philosophy professor. Beast. Beast. You guys should actually watch the episode I did with her. It was my first interview ever. First time I'll interviewing someone. Yeah. You said you will or you have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched all of your podcasts. Dude, for real? Yeah, damn straight. Respect. Dude, thank you, guys, you so you much. Homie, you know? that's dude, huge, I've watched man. a bunch, but I haven't watched them all, man. That's, yeah, no, that's I, mean, I heard you were doing it, and I was like, let's check it out, dude. Yeah. Dude, is there a way to like get notifications when one drops? Yeah, probably. Do I set it up on like Spotify or that's, whatever? Yeah, that's something that I should do. Yeah, yeah, how do I do it? Uh... She's Good question. I don't know if I have I'm to subscribed on YouTube, but and I, I click the bell, but I haven't been getting any notifications. Well, we haven't been posting much. I mean, what we've po- I posted once in the past. So on Spotify, I just got to lock in. Like I think you can do that on Spotify. Like no, you yeah, notify yeah. when you get like Joe Rogan's on my phone. Weird, weird. Um, I get Huberman, so I must have done that with him. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'm gonna say this in the intro, but this is the first group conversation, and so introducing our speakers, we have Josh Rubin over there. Um, Nick Uzar. Hello. Is it Uzar or Uzar? U. Like it's like Uzar. Yeah, like Y O U. Okay. You just call him Uzi. Uzi. Yeah. That's a that's a crazy. That's not acceptable. Jason Vonnie here. Myself. Mike McAvoy. Mike McAvoy. Mr. Mike. I was trying to think of something like funny to say, and I couldn't. Um, no, but we're gonna just bring questions to this discussion and then talk about them, and then uh, after this episode i'm gonna post it then i'm gonna kind of analyze the episode what i liked and i'm gonna pick one question that i think mike and i should go into depth on and then we will so we can start with the question that we had in the group chat the other night we can do you want let's do it let's start with that question mike do you want to ask it all right um i asked in the group chat the other night do you need money to make a global impact well okay in our conversation, it was, do you need money to make an impact? Right? No, no, no. It was global. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, like, to change the world in some significant way, basically. Do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you need 100%. money? Like, do you need a ton of money to do that? See, like, we all disagreed. My so answer was, like, no. absolutely yes. Mike said yes. yes. Yeah. I say no because I thought, like... Nick, hold it, like, here. Sorry. Interesting. Something, like, I, I played sports. I follow sports. Something I immediately think of is, like, uh, influence. And how, like, uh, like Curry, you'll see a Curry jersey in every country. Like, influence. Like, and he's, you can't, can you argue that Steph Curry has, like, changed an aspect of the world? Would you agree with that? Uh, like, I, what, like, what did he change specifically is what I'm asking. Like, basketball. Uh, okay, fair enough, but also he has a shit ton of money and it's at, like, the top of the basketball hierarchy. Yes, but he didn't do that with his money. Let's define the terms real quick. Okay. Massive yeah. change, right? When, when we talk about changing the world, um, what exactly comes to mind, Mike? Like, let's say any giant organization or state or nation or whatever, you change some significant, like, policy or rule or you make a huge difference in, like, the culture of that thing and you weren't, like, having a ton of money or influence. Like, in the, like I guess you could have influence, but you weren't having a ton of money. When you did that, like Steph Curry's jerseys being everywhere is because the company that sells his shit has a shit ton of money. How many people? That's kind of what I'm saying. Are you looking to be affected by this? Like, it doesn't matter as long as it's a huge organization. Because Basketball is a totally sport. is a jib, bro. That's a worldwide yeah, sport. Yeah. Okay, okay. It affects a ton of people. But so I was more. Tens of millions. The thing I was thinking of is more like, like it was along the lines of like, 
affects like global education in the, in the global self or something like okay, that okay. or like affects healthcare access to a ton of people or like health outcomes in a country or something <clears throat> crazy like that like if you want to make a really big difference that's like your thing um how are you going to do that without any money so let's look at history i'm not gonna i mean recent history and this is actually fairly recent socrates fully has impacted all of western education western thought and he didn't do it with any money and that he he influenced the the thought and the philosophy in the current era so in ancient greece and then in the roman period a ton i mean not as much as now though like the past 200 years were fully fully impacted by socrates plato of course other thinkers but but western thought is rooted in greek in ancient greek philosophy and you've brought up education that's why it me- immediately came right. to my mind i mean that's an interesting dichotomy right there because now i'm thinking of there's like a line right there's people that were basically prior to the 70s that had a huge impact but i think anyone since then it hasn't happened without a massive amount so of money. like present day it doesn't even have to be present day but like basically after the supreme court ruling where money's equal yeah, to free yeah. speech in the 70s like anything after that it's tough to take oh, that small sample size yeah but i'm I saying think- like dude i actually don't think it is because if you're looking at like technological and human advancement of like what we've actually been able to do, it's not linear. Like since Socrates' time, it hasn't been a linear progression to now. It's been exponential. Even in the last 20 years, we've made more technological process progress than you made in the 100 years before that, and so on and so forth. It's like a crazy uptrend. So like when you're trying to make a huge difference now, you have to have like a giant control over like the means of production, basically. Mm-hmm. That's going to sound a little communist-y, but it's not just like that's the term, you know? No, well, that's anti. That's, that's oh, yeah, that is pro-communism. It is pro-communism statement, but it's I'm just using that term because it's, it's like an accurate term. Like, you got to have a ton of control over, like, whatever whatever community that you're in, like that, that big organization, whatever. You have to have a ton of control and money to do that. And you have to have support from other people that have money Dude, I think that. I think there's different levels to this because... If you want to change the world, you could either change the world by influencing other individuals or change the world by implementing new things to help other people. And by implementing those things, let's say, like, if you want to, like, fix, like, world hunger or something, that's going to change so many people's lives, but you need money to do so. If you want to change, like, the education system, or I think you need money to do that. So I think if you want to do that kind of change, then you need definitely a stupid bag but if you want to influence people like how you were talking like that's one way to do it there's something about this conversation to me that seems unproductive though it's like what if if your goal is to have an impact in your life and then you're like have a global impact and then that and that's your goal i think you risk having an a special impact on your community like on the people around you on your family on your friends because you're thinking, okay, I need to get money so I can have a global impact. And I know you didn't, you didn't say this. And I actually know Mike. And I know Mike has a special impact on the people around him. But just to tease this idea out, what if you think, okay, I need to have a global impact. Like, not I need to, but I really want to. And then you sacrifice the present for, for that future. And fair enough, because you need to do that to some extent. Because you need to grind to make money. But then, do you forget about your ethics? Do you forget about your morals? And... I think you have a beautiful opportunity to impact the people around you, like at, at school. There's no direct correlation. Like my impact it doesn't necessarily, like if I, you know, help someone out on campus or if I do something nice, I don't think that anything's going to come from that. 
But I think that there's something special about doing it. Just some, like three different. I got a quick ideas question there. about the criteria of the, of the question. Yeah. And when we're talking about like money to change, can the whole movement not have any money, or is it the individual that starts the movement? Because I think some person can go around um, with beautiful ideas and a heart to be able to change others to, to look at a specific thing in a certain light. And I think an individual could rally a specific amount of people with specific influence and resources than to be able to back an idea that could then get more people with more resources to then change these things we're talking about um, in terms of the laws and you know education system, whoever, someone decides to change. Yeah, I mean, I think that is like, like that's true, that can happen, but that's like, I'm sort of thinking of it from the individual perspective, and I need to answer both of what you just said, actually, to answer this part. Sure. Basically, like, you have spheres of influence in your life, right? So you got yourself is in the middle. You got your immediate family and, like, your closest friends are right outside of that, and I think, honestly, most people should prioritize getting that right first. I'm still working on that right now, obviously, because I'm 20 years old, yeah, um, and you got to get your family right, like, your closest friends right, and you got to, like, try to help them first. And once you're good, then you can help them. And once you can help them, then you can help some other people mm-hmm. that aren't in that immediate circle. And your sphere outside of that might be school work. You're, the people that are like acquaintances, but they're not necessarily like close friends, then you can help them. And once you're in that circle, then you can start looking to make a change in like your actual community where you live or your town or whatever. And yes, you could make a change before that point. But if you want to be like as effective as possible and like efficient with making the change, that's probably the best order of that you should do it but i'm talking like if i'm an individual right let's say i get my shit right now like in this present day and i'm not sacrificing the present to do that like i feel like i prioritize my relationship with my friends my family and the other people around me a lot right now because i think it's really important but i'm also i'm sacrificing some of the stuff i don't find important to make time for like building wealth and capital and whatever so that when i'm a little older maybe i can affect people around me maybe i can go back and like do some alumni stuff for bentley or i can affect like change in south bro or north bro but then like once i'm like 65 70 whatever i would like to have enough like built up that i can make like a difference in something like i still have a purpose because at that point like you're gonna get to a point where you know you have purpose in your relationships that are close you have purpose in your relationships that aren't even that close but you want to do something like big and i feel like i i heard someone talk about like world war ii when they stormed the beaches that's mostly numbers. All the people that did that were numbers. But there's like certain people in that worldwide conflict that I think was one of the only wars where like on American side it was like super ethical to get involved in that. There's like names. And as an individual, like I kind of want to be a name one day, but it's not like I'm staking my whole life on that and everything I think about is that. It's just like that's like an end goal. And I think in order to do that, you basically have to obtain a lot of wealth. If you want to become like, if you want to affect the world or like a large chunk of your country or whatever in some big way, you can't just have nothing. And like, even if you have influence, like Gabe gave a good example of like Martin Luther King Jr. Like, yes, he influenced a lot of people's minds, but at the end of the day, like the actual like legal change that happened that like gave people who are minorities more rights and gave them like the ability to do a bunch of stuff that they couldn't do before, like go in the same restaurants as other people and all those crazy things that you can't even believe right now. Like when I hear this, I'm like, how does that make any sense? Like it's to the point where we're raised where that doesn't make any fucking sense to you. And like that type of change, 
may have stemmed from his influence, but it was ultimately like, like legal and financial incentives, I think, make the biggest impact at the end of the day. And like, you're never going to hear about the individuals who ran the organizations that did that, but you'll know about the organizations if you look into it at all. And you're like, how the fuck did they do that? And I guess I almost like don't want to be the guy that influences it. I want to be directly involved in like affecting the things that I think are the most important and I'll get influenced by people that are influencers essentially is what I would like to do at some point in my life. So it sounds like there's almost like multiple portions of how some of these things get through. Yeah. Right. Like we have the individuals that like are turning the levers behind the scenes in terms of like the actual manipulation of the law in a good way, obviously like putting forth whatever documents that need to be uh, looked at and then um, vote upon and, and et cetera, whatever, whether it's f- through laws or the education system. But then we also have those people that like rally the troops per se, like get the the public opinion thinking a, cer- a certain way. Um, in, in that sense, I think an individual without a lot of um, resources could have a help in that situation um so i don't think it's like that like not it takes a village for anything that someone's trying to accomplish so i think it's like those two individuals help each other i think there's like younger revolutionaries that you know don't have to be 65 years old with a with a big old bankroll behind them that can make a big difference i think it's almost like that homie the 65 year old homie and the young 24 year old homie that can that can speak and get um, obviously older individuals can speak well and also rally the troops but um, just like to give that that younger guy a little like stoke to get him him psyched and be like I can do something now I think it's it's empowering to be able to realize that you can build a life for yourself into someone that can be the dude pulling the levers and I also I also think it's very um, invigorating and it can give individuals hope it can infuse some of that thinking that like right now if like if i believed in something enough like i could go talk to everybody i know and maybe in some of those people there's a lead to another individual with some more resources and also maybe a similar mind that thinks is a, a way that i think and to be able to like recruit up up the, up the social ladder in terms of just having conversations like this but like probably not over the microphone yeah um but but those conversations i personally just realized how powerful those can be um, and an individual can can really make waves, and I, I guess I wouldn't be super surprised if it, if it could climb high enough, if it's a driven enough individual to make change on a on a global scale. I mean, that's what ex- isn't that what happened in World War Two? You referenced World War Two, the one American soldier who died. Their impact has echoed over the past eighty years. I mean, some people have personal relatives who died, right? And so they think about them. And I don't have any that I know of that I think about, but that was a testimony to good and evil. Like these, after World War II, the world, you know, a big part of the world agreed that that was evil, right? The Nuremberg trials, like said that straight up, that was evil. And that the people running onto the beach, that was something good. And so like, is that one person dying? It's not just that, like that one person's impact is is greater than just their death, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so you look at someone like Bill Gates or even Elon Musk. I like Elon Musk. I don't really like Bill Gates, so we can talk about Elon Musk, make it a little harder for me. Who's having a, a, a more positive global impact or who, 
I guess it's hard to use that scale because Elon Musk is currently doing it, but maybe we can think of it. You probably know some past rich people. That one, <laughs> like, one person who, who died in World War II versus... Uh, versus Elon Musk? Or no, give me like an older rich person. Um, sure, I mean... Rockefeller. And, and Rockefeller was kind of like a borderline, like, I don't know, I wouldn't say he was good. Well, no, but he was, uh, <laughs> but he was solely focused on net gain, where I, I actually don't think that's like Elon Musk's main deal. I okay. think I kind of understand Elon a little bit better. Maybe this is arrogant to say, but I think I understand him a little better than like the average news consumer because like everyone tries to paint him a certain way. To me, I've watched like a lot of long format interviews he's had, where like I feel like it's really hard to hide who you are in those. Like stuff slips out even if you're trying to wear a mask. It's like really hard to do that. So I think in those interviews, like it comes pretty clear that like his main end goal is to like technologically advance humanity, move us to another planet. Like that's all he really gives a fuck about. He doesn't really give a fuck about his family that much. It doesn't seem like he doesn't really give a fuck about a bunch of other things, right? And you could say that makes him like immoral. Protect inter- interstellar like, way too seriously, dude. He's <laughs> actually an example of what I'm talking about, where someone takes the fact that they need to make the biggest impact they possibly can to the extreme, and so like that's all he cares about. But he recognizes that in order to do that, he needs to acquire as much capital and control of the means of production as possible. And that's why he does it that way. And, like, if you're going to, like, I don't know. It's tough to use, like, old people because I do know some of them, but I don't know, like, all their shit in detail. And they weren't on a bunch of podcasts that I could reference or, like, listen to. So that makes it even harder because I would have had to read a bunch of stuff about them. And I don't really love doing that, especially in, like, old texts and stuff. Um, But, like, I don't know. Like, even Rockefeller... He knew that too. Like he wasn't trying to like massively improve humanity. Let's be real. He was just trying to like, he was basically trying to be in history books forever and just be that guy. But he also recognized that like the only way he's going to do that is, you know, combine all the oil companies into one, fuck up all the railroad tracks in the U S make sure we're a car dependent economy. Like bro was on top of that shit, man. He knew what was up. He was like, I'm going to stack my chips and I'm just going to run shit. I'm going to do whatever I want. And now his family's like basically set for infinity. Like they'd have to, intentionally lose all their money in order to do that they'd have to like plan it out it would be difficult for them to be fucked for the rest of their life and like he did that he set that up and not that that's a good thing but so if you're asking like older people i don't know anyone off the top of my head that has a bigger impact than a singular soldier in world war ii but i think like in terms of like effect they had on the world and society almost all old people i could reference like henry ford Rockefeller, all those people, they had a bigger impact on society and the world than that one guy did in World War II. Yeah, if you're talking about okay. the U.S. military as a whole organization in World War II, now you're having a different conversation. No, I'm thinking about it from less from a materialistic point of view, more from a, a metaphysical point of view and, and, and influencing people's... You're talking about the moral impact that they had? Yeah, and, I'm, and I'd argue, and I think that's where... I guess not... That's really Nick was talking about way. stuff, but... but no, that's the thing. It's so tough to weigh, and it's hard to. It's easier to weigh the materialistic value. Yeah, because there also are the guys that like, they just shit their pants when they got off the boat and instantly died. And like, they might have been there, but they might have just been drafted. They didn't want. No, to but go. still, they didn't give a fuck. No, but about my point if these doesn't. Died. My point doesn't discriminate between the death who killed fifty people and the death who died immediately. No, it's not about how many people he killed. It's about like where their spirit was at when they died. Yeah, no. If you're talking morally, that's why it's hard to weigh. It's like some guys could be there for the right reasons. Some some guys could be there because they actually (laughs) want to stop the the German massacre of all the Jews in Europe. And other guys could be there because they were drafted and had no other choice and weren't smart enough to find a way out of it, but they really don't want to be there. Okay, yeah. Um, So, like, you have a bunch of different. Like, that's why I think it's impossible to do what you're talking about right now. But that, like, 
if you're talking moral impact, like, I don't know, man, cars are pretty fucking important and like mass producing them was important. So the people that like did the industrial shit in the 1800s was fucking important as shit. But like, are they good people for that? Probably not. But also, did they have all the knowledge that we have now about like what subjecting people to chemicals and shit can do? Like not as much as we do now. I don't know. It's just hard, bro. We weren't alive in the 1800s. They didn't have the internet or the access to information that we have right now. Like, that's an impossible comparison to make, in my opinion. Like, there's no way you're gonna. Well, get yeah, that. we're talking about global impact though, and, and I'm looking at it from a different. Well, you're saying moral impact, like what their spirit had on the world. No, I'm thinking about a, a global impact. Regard, I mean, I'm I'm still thinking about it from a practical lens. Well, like, let's think about like a, a individual like Gandhi, because I think, you know, although I haven't researched him a bunch, um, that's a big one. He had he has a lot of impact on that like moral um, side versus like an individual. Like I can't say how much one individual from d-day that passed away has on me um but i imagine there's a lot of implications from a figure like gandhi on the society around me that raised me as well as you know possibly like my parents and my parents parents in terms of just like the moral philosophy that was going on when they learned whatever they taught me um and then same just as a society as a whole like things we learn from specific peaceful movements about how we treat other people, about how we go about a day, um, the gratefulness we can have for specific things. Um, that is, you know, I think cars are obviously important to our way of life now. Um, I think they, they definitely have had much progress in terms of how humans have been developed technologically. Like. We've been able to develop a lot more. Um, I wonder what a world without cars would look like. Um, Just a would bunch we, of horses, bro. Would we be better off in terms of like our levels of happiness? We wouldn't have a lot of the things we do have, and I'm very grateful for a lot of those things. But I just wonder, like, what a world that was less focused on technological advance would look like. How those humans possibly more barbaric, right? Possibly yeah. there'd be more violence. I'm not too sure. I don't think any we can speculate. That's why it's fun, right? Cars were a crazy step, bro. A massive step, dude. <laughs> a massive step. But like, I, I just wonder um, if the slowing down of things would have actually helped us possibly go in a different spiritual direction that that could have enlightened us to a certain point um, aside from technology. Yeah, actually, the first person I thought of when I was saying this in the group chat last night was Gandhi. Like, you sent all those examples in, and I was like, Wow, I didn't no, think of no, Gandhi. No, 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 I can talk all those mm. down. And then I was thinking of Gandhi, and I was like, Damn. Dude, you can't talk Jesus down, bro. Because Jesus is Gandhi, but, but like, like my before. whole point is, is like, I realized while I was in trying to like, talk about that, there's no way you could compare that to a person in present day because, okay, like, yeah. they're, as the story goes, like, aren't they like literally God kind of in some way? Like, they're just different, bro. There's not a person like them. Yeah. There isn't a person that will ever come or like has ever. That been was that the like that's that. the idea. That's the whole point. Is yeah, my yeah, whole yeah. thing. So like yeah. So Gandhi's it's, it's a like really, a, Gandhi's a really good. Yeah, that's why Gandhi. that one's not a great one to use because it doesn't apply to me or anyone else that's alive currently or will be alive. Like so that's why I think Gandhi was crazy. Like I was like, dude, I hope someone doesn't say that because that's gonna make the point so hard to make. Um, <laughs> I actually think like that's one of a situation where like, yeah, like he had a huge influence that probably ultimately led to like the British deoccupying India. So like respect, man. But I think like, it's like the thing you're talking about earlier where you've got like some old people backing them. There was definitely, I don't know too much about it to be honest. I didn't really research it before this because I was like, no one's gonna fucking say shit about God. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would imagine 
that the British didn't just leave because one guy was like, fuck you. I imagine like the movement he created put a lot of pressure on them in different ways and that other shit happened where like they were financially pressured in some way. But I think like ultimately Gandhi's influence was like the main driver of that. So like that almost made more of a difference than the money in the background made a difference, which is why I'm like, damn, that's a really good example. I think like, yeah, it's possible. I just think it's becoming increasingly difficult. Um, damn, bro. Dude, I also think the thing you raised about, you might want to talk about this. That could be our next question because you segued into it perfectly. Is would we be better off if we had gone slower and didn't make all the technological advances that we made currently? I think we could go into that. I think Gandhi is like a good shutdown. Gandhi definitely, question, Gandhi definitely, no, he's definitely not the only reason the British left the. No, I know, but like, I'm he, saying like he was like a, a motivator, but dude, I actually don't know enough about bro, it. Bro, he picked up way more influence after they left. You think so? Um, yeah, All like right, I'm word, almost word. certain. I don't know too much about it, but I feel like I'm as far as certain. I was taught, he seems like the man. So, dude, they had know. to dip. They were fucked. They were I fucked. learned this in political science a little bit. We didn't d- dive deep into it, but in the well, also the entire people hating you like definitely doesn't help. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, but Gandhi was a champion of tradition too, and that influence does not seem very impactful in Western thought anymore. I mean, there's... What about Eastern de- thought, though? That's oh, yeah, yeah, he, true, true. From. Yeah, Eastern. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what their traditional values are like because we're out here in the in the West, but but um, I guess you were talking about global, and, and I, I think about the West as kind of the primary driver in the global relations with everything, right? Um, Definitely an influence. Yeah, but now India is becoming an economic power and the most populated mm. nation in the entire world. Like, right, certainly part in. in and like, nation. if they were occupied by the British this whole time, who knows if that happens, bro? Uh, yeah, I mean, colonization like had to end. It seems like it yeah, ended like, everywhere. A bunch of places like are still like South Africa, right? Shit like South that Af- is still going. Dude, Gandhi was in. Happened, you know, I could be tripping. Gandhi was in South Africa when he was very young, and he. No, I'm not tripping, it, so. bro. He yeah, was no Gandhi was in South Africa. Okay, let me recall this. Like, Possibly, try to recall yeah, this. No Gandhi was, <laughs> bro. No, I'm. S- Josh, this is like, yo, Gandhi. Don't know anything about it, but that dude was a fucking legit. Gandhi was man. like a lawyer. Cool. He, he was, was younger. Cool, it was like pre pre bald dialed in Gandhi, and he was and he was <laughs> <Pretty> in South. <laughs> he was in South Africa, and he was really trying to help drive shit there, and oh. and he kind of failed. Yeah, maybe that that's sounds like a word that there. fits in there. Apartheid. There. Apartheid was like uh, the U.S. in the '60s, like racially. Oh yeah, they were. It was yeah, it was bad. it was really bad. Worse. Worse. It was bad. So Gandhi had a big role. It's almost like he learned kind of how to do it there, and then in India. Isn't Elon Musk from South Africa? I think so. I've actually heard that his dad was like involved in that shit and had like Yo. some fuck shit going on. No, he did. Did Elon's family have money? Does anyone know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, not like his money. Who does anyone want to? money. So, so every every one of these episodes, like I drop some question that I'm thinking about that's kind of in depth and focused on on something. Before I say that, this was been a really cool topic. Who wants to throw anything else onto this? And Dude, just... I really want to talk about the thing that Josh just said. Yeah, about the t- do it. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, give your take on it because I actually want to hear it. Thank you. That's a good question. Um, Maybe repeat the question so that people know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah the question is, well, specifically earlier we were talking about Henry Ford and if cars weren't allowed to be produced at the rate that they were, um, what the world would look like. You know, some people and I myself included, uh, almost reminisce on a, on a world where 
you know, possibly I, I didn't grow up with, with screens and didn't grow up with some of these technologies and, and how a world like that would function, how it would benefit or possibly um, not benefit the individuals within it. Um, I think, you know, to speculate on that, it can be very fun. Um, and specifically without cars, um, I believe one of the biggest impacts would be because of you know, transportation issues, um, we have to use more horsepower. I imagine that we wouldn't be shipping as much of our food products um, across the world, um, which would then probably promote local farming, gardening practices. I imagine people would have probably more land, possibly bigger families. Um, all of these things sounding good. Um, we got to pick one of those and talk about one. There would definitely so be. There would, all, there would also like, be holy shit. Um, more physical labor jobs, right? People are working on home farms. Um, possible an uptick in like sharecropping gigs throughout the, the United States. Um, people that maybe aren't in these families looking for jobs at farms because it could possibly create a lifestyle for them. Um, I, I also wonder, like, in terms of spiritual advancement, whether that's, whether that's more people interested in specifically religion or possibly other realms of thought outside of religion to be able to kind of speak to that, that sense of meaning that a lot of people have. I really wonder hey, everyone, yeah. if there's like yeah people that hope I think is important and I'm I'm not a religious man, um, but I do have this like feeling of something greater beyond each individual. I think there's something that connects all of us. So, you know, all five of us sitting on these couches and every single person listening. I believe there's something that connects us, and you know, personally, um, you know, I'm I'm reading texts through through religions and. I believe all of them have something that's intrinsically connected, but I don't think personally any of them are the whole story. And I think it's it's human's effort to try to like to grasp that, but I don't think we'll ever figure it out until we inevitably you know, die and then reconnect with whatever power that 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 be. Um, but I think some strive towards that. I would like to think would be pretty fucking rad. Okay. Uh, I mean. Fuck. Actually, I've thought about like exactly what you're talking about a lot because all of that is true. If we didn't have like as much technological advancement, that is probably what society would look like. Um, but I've thought about this a lot. I actually have like a pretty optimistic look on it now. I used to have a more pessimistic view. I think that this is almost like the test of humanity. Like, have you ever heard the great filter theory? That Dude. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So part of the reason why we may have not found life anywhere else is that there's like these filter levels that get increasingly more difficult for life to like exist anywhere else. And if you're not like fully, if you don't believe like the whatever you believe, right. If you believe like the evolution shit and you believe like life formed here, then you would also believe it could form somewhere else. So like assuming you believe that then the great filter theory makes sense because the reason we might not have found it is because like maybe going from single cellular to multicellular life, there's like some huge filter we don't know about. Maybe being an intelligent being in itself is self-destructive. Whereas, like, animals, bro, 
they just exist within the laws and confines of their ecosystem and they adapt and whatever and if they don't adapt they die but they don't like change anything they're not like thinking about their mere existence and how they can alter like the philosophy of the universe and all this crazy shit that like humans can contemplate and i think part of that that gets us in trouble is like we realize that we can affect everything like humans as they are can literally we could torch the planet in a day if every leader of every country was like let's murk all humans they could do it overnight and like that's wild like you could eradicate probably all or most life on planet earth like overnight if you wanted to if like all the leaders got together and did that and we can only do that because we're intelligent life but i think like our generation's great filter is going to be like can we get through all this ai shit all the technology destroying our societies all the corruption and everything all the like money's gotten twisted out of shape can we get through it to like a better greener pasture on the other side because mm. if we can't then like humans aren't that special man like honestly they're not that special probably any fucking you know you could evolve like dogs into intelligent beings and they do the same shit they'd kill each other and everything Dude, would go to shit i think at some point yeah we can go on the other side of that but i think first in order for that to happen some major shit has to happen first like, like world war three something along the lines <laughs> of that maybe not like world war three but like yeah some like black swan event that just destroys a lot before it gets better yeah but i think like we're capable man i think like people in our generation are waking up to stuff like this you know like we're doing this for fun but like i think a lot of people are having these conversations also for fun just they're not filming it yeah and like i think we're like thinking about our impact on the world a lot more and we have access to so much information that like even our parents didn't have access to when they were our age so by the time we're their age we'll have like intaken like a lot more just content and you can filter that so you can like decide to take in stuff that actually is like beneficial to you and like furthers your understanding of the world you live in and all that stuff or you can decide to just intake stuff that lets you escape your reality and like if i think a lot of people are choosing the first one they're realizing now that these apps are like designed to make you input the stuff that is escaping you from your reality and people are choosing to go the other route and I think that's going to keep happening and our generation is going to start to make the changes that we want to see, but we're going to be old, man. And hopefully we can just make this world like we can get through this and hopefully AI doesn't murk us all. And hopefully all these fears we have don't come to fruition and we make it through. To that's kind what of, I think is going to happen in my opinion. To kind of backpedal for a sec. I actually, I mean the, the first sentence, the first phrase you said was that, um, kind of agreeing with Josh that there would be this, this greater sense of spirituality if we weren't as technologically advanced, but I don't, I think I disagree with that because, and, and I'll reference a few things. The first thing is go back to the Exodus story in the Torah. And you have throughout this journey that the Israelites are going through, first of all, they kind of over, I mean, in, in this, in some real sense, like that story is overcoming is over is almost like us overcoming this technological barrier and, and tyranny that's forced Dude, upon can you us. Explain the story because I don't even know what story it is. Sorry, yeah, for Dude, sure. I've actually heard this reference in like multiple uh, other podcasts. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I still don't know what they've been talking about. I'm gonna try to do it super fast. Yeah, you can make it like understandable for a ten year old. I just need to know like the plot, the general plot. Like. Um, I don't have. I'm like, I'm like really in depth through like chapter nineteen. So, but but I kind of know the end. Okay. Um, I'll give you the part that's really important. Okay. It begins with the Israelites in Egypt, okay? And the Israelites are enslaved. And they're under this tyranny of the Pharaoh. And so uh, these people are living horrible lives. And they they have forgotten God to a certain degree. 
uh, this prophet before them kind of united Israel and Egypt. And slowly but surely, over hundreds of years, Egypt took this tyrannical control over the Israelites. It even says at the beginning that, that I think this is the right name, Jacob, that um, the Pharaoh has forgotten Jacob. And Jacob was this primary driver in uniting them. And so I think that's right. So And so God uh, touches Moses, essentially. And this is how the story goes, that Moses receives this revelation from God to, to bring these people out of Egypt. Moses is not very smart. He's not very well-spoken, but he's given these tools, okay? And so so Moses receives a staff that turns into a snake, and he, he, get, he can get, do these miracles, right? And he goes to the Pharaoh, and he does these things. And the Pharaoh is kind of like, okay, this dude has some some influence and some weird power but the pharaoh doesn't care and there are 10 plagues and it starts kind of chill right like chill plagues like flies kind of infest the whole city and go into everything and and then like frogs and so you know but then it gets towards the end and all of the firstborn children are slaughtered all of them including the yeah i know that's fucked and so the and the pharaoh still after those ten plagues, even after his... Wait, is the Pharaoh not a firstborn child himself? Or is it only, like, children? It's... It's... Yeah, it's children. Good good question. like, royal people be... Not that I'm... Uh, whatever, continue. But yeah, yeah. I, I, good question. No, of all the families, the firstborn was killed. So, so the I, Pharaoh was, like, the secondborn. Um, yeah. Hopefully. Continue. Yeah. Well, he had sons, and so I don't think... Since he was a father, I don't know. So adults don't count? I guess. Okay, word. Good question. Continue. I don't know. Someone someone right, can word. answer that that's not me. Okay, word. Um, I, I believe it was just the children. For yeah, yeah. Okay, word. For, I mean, it's a story, right? This is a story. I'm just trying to understand how um, things worked, but yeah. No, gotcha, sure. Gotcha. And, no one's trying and, to like, burst your bubble. Keep no, going. you're good. You're good. And the the main part is is Israel leaving this tyranny, and they, and they finally get out. The Pharaoh kind of lets them go and then he and then even after all those 10 plagues and and everyone is is destroyed in Egypt the pharaoh still comes at the Israelites with this army and that's when Moses and his people and the Israelites are cornered by water the red sea and land and this army coming at them and so that's when Moses parts the red sea and they walk through and then uh the the yeah the Egyptians come and then the water swallows them right and so they escape this this tyranny and they do it with with God supporting them and 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 completely leading Moses and leading the people Moses' brother Aaron but even though God did all this stuff it's like the people just forget it all the time throughout the story they'll be they're in the desert and and in the story they're in the desert for 40 years and, and they so, worship the cow right they, they worship the cow they start worshiping idols but also throughout it even when they're not doing that that's the main thing that they end up succumbing to but Throughout the text, it always says they murmured. They murmured. The people murmured. And so they're always kind of upset and annoyed. And, and so it's like there's, there's always this, this, this large motivation to kind of push away spirituality, even when it's right in front of you. But I see that story as a reflection of the thing we're dealing with. And that's why it's such a beautiful story, because it, it shows you, I mean, they escaped the tyranny. But, but that's only the beginning. It's like what you said, if, if this mass event happened, right? We'd, we'd, we'd still have a lot of work to do because we'd be kind of, it'd be chaotic. And, and that's why I think people don't want to overcome the tyranny. They don't want to overcome this technology because what's on the other side? Something chaotic and something without limits. Because in a certain, in a certain sense, we need limits. We need this, like, I, I want to talk about freedom in this conversation because freedom is something we've been talking about. But, um, but to, to finish this thought, I do think that 
And with that brief description of Exodus, some Jewish people are going to be like, yo, fuck this dude. Box <laughs> that shit. No, I mean, that was like pretty brief. The point I was getting at though is that is that overcoming tyranny is a, is a theme in history and that I think we have this recency bias a little bit. And, um, and so, and yeah, I mean, Jesus was killed by the mob. The, the mob. And so th- this idea, the mob being always not really caring about, always not caring about spirituality. I don't think technology is the biggest driver in that happening. So I got a quick question. You said um, that you don't believe that uh, a lack of technology would uh, make people more spiritual. Um, after that explanation, is that correct? Let me, let me first I, I think that, the, yeah, I don't think, um, I think history would suggest that, no. I don't think we're less spiritual now. Uh, I don't think we're less truly spiritual now than ever. I think it's always been around, you know, fluctuating at a smaller degree than we think. Fair. Not people that go to church, right? I'm talking about true spirituality, which you were referencing. Pursuit of truth, kind of? And deeper than that. Yeah, I think I think Josh was referencing something deeper than that with this spiritual pursuit. Because it's not, yeah. Well, it's like pursuit of the good. But the no, good but safe, but yeah, I'd say, you know, I'd say pursue the truth, yeah. I'd say pursue yeah, truth. you're just doing shit that's like righteous yeah. and good because it's righteous and good and not for ulterior motives. It's kind it's of like so, right, right, and I'd say that's oh, that's always been like a small subset. And it fluctuates. And it fluctuates, okay. you know, here and there. But it's never like, boom! And, I, and my <laughs> argument was like, technology didn't make it go down, I mean, yeah. But but please, continue. Hmm. I guess just a thought on that. Um, I feel like technology as a driver of just people are thinking about it less because there's other things to think about. Kind of like what Mike said, and this is, it's true that like we are going to absorb more content than any other generation before us, an average person. Every single generation after us, I'm assuming, is going to probably absorb more. Yeah. And so and so when there's more of these ideas that aren't ours continually um, batting in our head and, and being input into our head, we have less time to be like, hmm, what does Josh think about death? What does Josh think about this? I'm like too busy listening to Jordan Peterson or Andrew Huberman talk about whatever. And and those, I it's like, I, I think it's very good to educate yourself, but I've also been battling with like, you know, what's too much? What is too much even if you're trying to learn something good? Because at a certain point, there's so many things that are being put in here. There's There's books I'm reading. There's courses I'm trying to absorb. And it's like, there's just so much knowledge going in there. How much of it will I actually be able to absorb and like truly master and understand? Um, I imagine like a lot of it I'll be able to bring up in things like this, like, oh, I remember this random thing that I, I heard or, or read. Um, but all of these forms of information and input, I feel as though they allow me the ability to be more ignorant in a spiritual sense because I'm almost fulfilled in an intellectual sense just because of other th- other things I'm, I'm reading and, and things of that nature. Dude, I kind of disagree with that, actually, like, pretty hard. I think, uh, so, like, I have been consuming content like a madman since I was probably, like, 10 or 12, maybe. Let's say 12. And, like, I've been on the self-improvement, like, bullshit for, like, ever. Mm. Um, even when, like, I didn't know that I wasn't doing the self-improvement thing well. I was still doing it. Like when you see like the toxic self-improvement shit, whatever I was doing that at some point. And since then I've like leveled out a bit and now I recognize like 
you know, relationships are super important and your physical and mental health are like more important than the other shit and all this stuff that I didn't necessarily recognize before. But in those intellectual pursuits, I was like exactly what you're talking about. I was ignorant to my spirituality and like my pursuit of truth and all the stuff that we were just talking about. And I was just like, this is how it is. I'm going to do this. And I was just learning as much shit as I could. And then using that to like do whatever. And like sometimes my like, this is how it is thing would change and whatever. But it got to a point where like there was some deep dissatisfaction with how things were going. And this was actually like probably in college a little bit, like after my first year or so, like on paper, I was doing everything right. I was like intellectually killing it. I was like doing great in school, doing good money wise, doing whatever, like on paper, everything that in my view, how the world was, everything I knew, all the knowledge I'd acquire, what it says I should be at at that point. I was at, I was okay. checking the boxes okay. and it was just like, it sucked still. And that's when I had to realize like it almost, it's like the, I learned about a concept called the hedonic treadmill where like no matter how good it gets, it always feels the same. It's why people that are super wealthy, like kill themselves and shit like that. It's like, it doesn't matter whatever your position is. Uh, it's like that song I showed you, you know where it is, but it depends where you start. That line is very true. And like, I, in being ignorant, like being ignorant to the max, it forced me to like take a step because it just wasn't working. It was like kind of destroying me from the inside real slowly. And then I was like, there's a whole like universe of thoughts that I need to like consider and I need to change all this stuff. And I had to like deep dive in myself and someone couldn't tell me how to be. I had to like think about it myself. And like, you're still using your life experiences and stuff, but I'm not like, Huberman's not telling me how to optimize my eternal satisfaction. You know, like I had to like fucking think about all that shit. And it wasn't at the time, like I was trying to optimize that. Just eventually you get to a point where you can't avoid it anymore. If you, pers- I think pursuing all intellectual stuff with the content, if you're actually pursuing stuff that you view as like the good and you are trying to like get as much good out of it as you can, there's no way to avoid spirituality because like you're starting to feel some almost like these questions right now. It's going to push you in that direction because you're pursuing the good. So you're like, why don't I feel good if I'm pursuing the good? You're going to start asking those questions and then that's going to lead you in that direction. It's almost like unavoidable as long as your only option is to like seek out the good. You're going to hit it eventually and then you may or may not figure it out. It may take you 30 years to figure out your spirituality, but you may figure it out faster than that. That's beautiful. I like that. Um, And I guess like in the scenario you're talking about, you're, you're looking for what's truly important. And I think it's it's for some individuals it's easy to absorb information for information's sake. And I think w- when you get on a grind where it's like, and I think it's easy to like get tipped this way in a traditional environment, where it's more like this is the course I'm working on, and like you know, I get to, I'm, I'm going in this direction, and and hopefully individuals are stoked about it and their their degree their their major is something they're very interested in but that that tumble of like knowledge maybe isn't something that like is triggered by the soul um and it's it's interesting like what what is the the driver is it the drive to look for things you're truly interested in or is is something the pursuit of knowledge driving you to a point where it's harder to look at the spiritual questions because you're you're looking for more of groundings in, in the physical realm mm, mm. 
other than the spiritual realm because i think it's really easy to go down the path of like well i want to win materialistically versus like how does one truly be happy like that's an arbitrary hard like how do you define happy is being happy all the time even the thing to be i guess more content right how does one develop contentness as well as be able to live in this materialistic world and be able to survive um, because i think like the grass is greener concept is something that i've definitely felt personally and like it can hit you at that it might have like some beat like the hedonic treadmill and the grass is always greener might be like semi-linked just in terms of my understanding from your explanation from the hedonic treadmill but like at least in terms of snowboarding i think like as i've evolved as a snowboarder i still feel like i'm not i'm like not technically in the realm of like great like no i'm not doing you know gnarly x games games, exactly but like looking back from i was when i was younger man i was like dude the day i can do a 360 off like a decent sized jump bro i'm gonna i'm gonna be like the man and then like that day has came and passed and it's like bro i'm not doing double backflips dude like like homie that can do double backflips is the man and then like you know the day is gonna come inevitably when i'm gonna be doing whatever if i if i decide to pursue it to that point and there's there's always going to be something after that so these these forever games they're beautiful but i think they can they can develop into these these feelings of longing forever which which bring you along but there just needs to be a degree of appreciation in what we have and also appreciation to be able to grow so it, it's a tricky concept like yeah well said balance is gnarly and you know life is gnarly and you know but dude i also think you have to have a level of acceptance and i feel like a lot of people don't accept like the situation like they're in because for your example like you know when you were a kid you you wanted to you know get that 360 once you did get that 360 you know it didn't feel as good because you know you could have been doing the double backflips so now that's your next goal and then after the double backflips i'm sure you want to do like 720s or whatever i don't really know but there's always going to be something more to achieve and i think you just need to accept in the journey itself honestly i think you just need to not really focus so much on the destination but rather like the journey mm. yeah i know uh mark manson's book the subtle art of not giving a fuck was like the first book i really read it was really the first book i read and it was freshman year of college and a quote from his book is or like a, a part is the joy in the climb or something and um yeah and it's funny because you brought up some crucial and you too that idea of hedonism just pursuing what's good right pursuing what feels good and then there's like this other thing that we've all been touching on it's called the hedonic treadmill yeah, yeah, yeah. hedonism nice. and, and wow, i think stupid. the word is hedonia. that's crazy though hedonia, hedonia? i didn't pick that up till just now let's go just now i've heard that term like hundreds of times and i've never i've never heard the treadmill I've never heard about the treadmill I, maybe it's a humoring thing or something yeah, yeah. i've heard it from someone and i was like that's crazy that that's a thing but continue well there was this lecture at my school the other day and they come and they talked about this and um they talked about hedonia and eudaimonia these are words Aristotle, I think so. I think hedonia and I think eudaimonia. I'm pretty sure they're both ancient Greek words and, and um, 
hedonia is something like just pursuing what's good, what feels good. Most of our friend, most people, you know, we know do that, I'd say. But then there's eudaimonia, which is something like pursuing what, having faith in something that's good and pursuing it despite its suffering. That's well, my. That's most people we know do some of that too. It's a mix. Well, most people we know, you'd say, do that. Yeah, they do a mix. I think it just like it's a percentage base. Like, I'm I was to thinking get to the, the point where like majority. almost everything I do is eudonia. Eudaimonia. Eudaimonia. But like, I think a lot of people are like, you know, they're sixty forty or they're ten ninety or something. They have like a weird split. Because I think no one can really live. It's a really good. That's like really the only people that live life in full hedonism, you just die. You just do more and more drugs. And yeah, yeah. It's just like you crack until you, you do die. more. Like yeah, you do some fuck shit until you die. Okay, you know I mean? that's a really interesting point that that everyone kind of participates in a little bit. They just l- let the hedonism different amounts. Oh, it's really like a scale. Really, yeah, it's like a balance. It's really interesting. Kind of it's what you were saying, Josh. Really interesting about that. It's like it could be too much. Like I think that's actually something I'm experiencing in my own life. It's like. Dude, the, the stuff you're talking about, Josh, kept making me think of, like, I had this thing for a long time where it was, like, more, more, more. I needed to be, like, faster than the other kids at football. I needed to be better than all of them. I needed to, like, surpass the best people. I need to be best at every video game I ever play. I need to be amazing at all the school classes I'm in. If I'm not, not even fucking doing it at all. Don't give a fuck. It's, like, all in or all out. And I know a lot of people are like that. And, like, the way I pursue my life is kind of like that. Like, I'm either going to do something or I'm not going to do it. And, like that's cool but then it, to jason's point it makes you view the journey as the only thing and ironically talking about how content can't like give you all the answers to spiritual questions there's actually a huberman concept that gave me an answer to this exact question which is that if you celebrate the goal super hard when you achieve a goal like if your whole goal is to get an a in that class you get your final exam back you got the a and you like go throw a party you're celebrating the whole time you're like dude i'm I did that shit, whatever. If you celebrate too hard, it raises your dopamine so high that you have a huge crash afterwards and then like nothing feels as satisfying for a long time. And that that's like a really dangerous game to play with yourself because it's exactly what you were saying where they're only thinking about the journey, the destination, the destination, the destination. But if you do the thing that you told me for my mantra that I've been working on for the last couple of weeks, actually, like, but I, you gave me the words to say, I've been using it this week. Just like, I'm at peace with the path I'm on right now. Like you're in the middle of some hard shit and instead of thinking of like the outcome as why you're gonna push through you're just like i'm just doing this thing you don't think about anything else you're just like i'm content on this thing i'm on right now that's like where i really think you start to you stop getting those huge like spikes and crashes and stuff starts to balance out is that better i don't know but i think from like a it's like metaphysical and physical it's like right on the boundary of like you're actually affecting your neurochemistry but you're also like affecting the way you perceive the world by doing that because you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to get the A and then be like, well, fuck school for three months. I'm going to go jerk off all summer and then fucking come back and do whatever. You're going to be like, I got the A. Nice. That was fun. Good work. And then you're going to move on, you know, and it's not like you're not celebrating it. You just are like appreciating. You appreciated all the work mm-hmm. as much as you appreciated the destination and now the journey continues. You're not exactly. like, all right, journey done. It's over, you know? I think it's kind of a combo of everything you guys are Yeah, doing. 100%. I think um, really putting importance on the journey is beautiful. You know, the individual that um, enjoys the journey is going to, or enjoys the walk, is going to walk a lot further than the person that enjoys the destination. 
So I think that that concept is very important. Um, but I, I don't think I would want to trick anybody into thinking that that's the easy thing to do. It's not because like the home and it. I, I would I would definitely argue it's the more meaningful, inspiring path to take. But you know that path. It's really easy to get like knocked down when like you know learning that whatever on the snowboard. The 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 journey is eating shit and like that shit hurts. The person that enjoys the journey to get the A, it's like you grind, you study, you study when you want to watch TV, you study when you want to do other things. You know you, you don't study your whole life. Um, you know you you try to stay balanced, but like in that studying, in that pain of falling down, if it's you know a physical attribution you're trying to develop through weightlifting. In that weightlifting, there's a certain amount of pain, there's discomfort. So I feel like that's almost like a meditative practice, being able to like take that and then be in the moment like you were, what you were saying. Um, it's, it's gorgeous, it's hard, it's painful, but it's beautiful. And I think allowing yourself to kind of equal out and have that beautiful just like flow of like, I'm, I'm doing this activity, I'm not thinking about the end goal at the moment, and I can then go from doing this activity to the next activity. And someday, in that constant flow, that destination will actually be one of them. Like, yeah. that'll be one of the daily, just random, like, this is the thing I'm paying attention on now, and oh, I finally got it. Yeah. Um, it's a wild it's a wild journey. It's beautiful, though. It's like a direction, almost. Like, that's what I've been trying to change my shit to, is I'm trying to make the, the goal just a direction. If I get there, cool. If I don't, as long as I, like, did some good shit along the way, also cool. I just want to, like, I think it's good to have the goals mainly so that you move in some direction That's and you're not mm-hmm. sitting still. But, like, other than that, they kind of just serve as, like, a little marker in the distance of, like, I'm walking that way. Mm. You know, it's not like once I get there, I'm done walking. I'm just walking that way. And, you know, eventually I might pick up that coordinate and throw it somewhere over there and I'm going to keep walking that way. I think that beautiful. that yeah. like just kind of pursuing the walk and the journey, it's by definition the harder route, right? I mean, like the the um, Mike, you, we also started this by you saying you wanted to make global change, and that's fire. And so I can see where it's this direction, though. You no, know it, I mean? no, it is. Yeah. It is. And but but I can see why. And I mean, I see this in myself. That's why I can see it in you too. That that is overwhelming. That our goals are overwhelming. I mean, what do we think about this? That like. The harder path is the the one with, you know, the harder path is is pursuing this, this um, ba- 360, because it's a path of suffering, right? You're falling and getting hurt. Why why do people pursue it less though? Like let's let's really get down to why they pursue it. Not just because it's harder, but why do they pursue it? Yeah. Today, so today while I was working, I just I had a a feeling that I just wanted to write this down. And I would like to share this because this, yeah. is, this is kind of Please do. exactly what we're talking about. Fire. Yes. What are the odds, man? Dude, like, it's, it's fucking weird. I li- okay, this is literally what I said. The funny thing about dreams is that once we think about it, we internally imagine ourselves in that realm where we have things that we desire. This means you have lived in a mental space where your dreams came true. So if you're capable to have lived in a pseudo-realm where we became the individual or had the materialistic things we want most, then what makes it impossible for that to happen in our real reality? You may think about this for a second, or 
Yeah, just think about this for a second. You're a very unique individual. You were made up of a one-of-one DNA set that has never previously lived on this earth, nor will live in the future. So the mere fact that you are alive is a miracle in itself. The probability that you are alive is one to like in a trillion or more probably. I don't really know the statistic. But with that understood, you have been given the chance to live and experience this world in all its glories. Not to mention, you also get to experience what it means to be alive. So many individuals nowadays, unfortunately, allow themselves to settle for less and to settle for a mediocre life filled with hatred towards their profession and lack of self-love. You know, this is, this is the hell we all fear. Life has always meant so much more than that kind of life. People have been blinded. People have been beaten down and discouraged from the right path. People no longer seek one's better self. People no longer love themselves enough to put in the hard work to make their dreams come true even just a little bit. Such a shame it is to see so many fall and never lift their head again. We live in a society where the common person is directed toward a life to be trapped in, a cage where they will never leave until retirement. But by then it's too late. At the end of your life, you, will you have regrets? Are you going to look back and say, I wish I've done things differently? It's an unfortunate end many of us will, fail, will face. Now let's switch the theme. Imagine you did do everything you said you do. Imagine a time where you were faced with setback after setback, but you had the unwavering belief in yourself that no matter what you go through, you will succeed. There's a balance in this life that no one takes into account nowadays. So the more pain you cause today will lead you to a life of fulfillment later. For example, the hard work you put in to grow your body and hit the gym for years and finally reach the physique you've always dreamed of. Once you get to that point, wouldn't you say it was all worth going through all that pain? I would, and I have. No, no one successful has ever had it easy, and nothing worthwhile in life will ever be easy. So what will it be, brother? Will you go through the pain or let it stop you from reaching your better self? That's, yeah. that's what I meant today. Dude, I expected like a sentence, and I got this Creative sick like Creative writing for the world. That was beautiful, dude, I bro. Think. Holy shit. The thoughts were just flowing on that one. Thanks for sharing that, dude. Love it, dude. I mean, someone want to say wait, wait. something? Yeah. What was said right before that? Because I was like so... I was just looking at this, like imagining uh, yeah, yeah. like you thinking this. I almost, asked, you know? I asked um, why why do people kind of succumb to... We, we kind of pointed out that it is harder. It is, is a harder path, so that's a one explanation but like if we got deeper really why do they because they what? don't believe they can they don't believe that they deserve it or that it's yeah, worth they, it they don't believe in themselves i feel like that's why most people stop what they're doing is because they get to a point where you know they keep failing they keep failing they keep failing and then they just don't believe in themselves enough to keep going mm. Shit, dude, i've been there you know yeah. i've had those thoughts I feel like okay, yeah. this is another combo of spiritual and physical shit because to a certain degree, it's just like progressive overload in the gym for all the gym bros out there. Like you can't just go from being like, let's say you're like one of these people in my 600 pound life. Like if you've gotten there, right? Like, cause I would say to a certain degree, there's like a certain amount of time when you're a kid that like, isn't you, you're not like a conscious being really yet. I totally you're just a vessel yeah. and like your environment and your parents or whatever. They determine years. a ton of shit 100%. and they can dig you a big hole or they can raise you up on a mountain. And so all of our starting points are different. Um, yeah, all of our starting points are different. And uh, that itself, that 
completely ruined my train of thought. <laughs> no, you're that in itself, <laughs> like, wait, 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 get me back on track. What were we just talking um, about? So we were we we were born right. Um, nurture, oh, yeah. you know, nurture. In your life where you're we're not conscious when we're control. little children. Oh, okay, right, yeah. So you get to a point where like now you're in control, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, can only really do. Fuck, dude, I'm so lost. Can only really do what you can do from there. Um, but, dude, I'm so lost. What were we talking about before I started speaking? Before I started speaking. Jason had an epic monologue. <laughs> epic yeah. fucking monologue. No, 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 right before that, you or you said something. Yeah, I said that um, we were talking about why people right don't, after that, I mean, don't, oh, why people people don't believe in themselves. Oh, people yeah, don't believe yeah, in themselves. I, I, I had, like, oh, don't put on aggressive overload. That's what I'm trying to So basically, like, if you start in the fucking grave, bro, you're, like, 10,000 feet under someone else, you can't just, like... Like, let's say you get to age 16 and you're 400 pounds, you're overweight, you eat McDonald's every day, you're drinking like a 12 pack of soda. Like, that's not the average person, but that happens. The average person is probably like somewhere in the middle, but this is kind of, this is where my point sticks, all right? If you're that person, you can't just go run a Spartan and change your whole life. You can't just start doing ice plunges because you don't fit in the tub. Like, you get fucked and you got to just start with like little wins, like just walking Cause you got to build up your brain's ability. It's the pleasure pain balance that you were talking about. I'm back on now. This is hype. Um, you got to build up the, uh, the ability to even tolerate pain. If you've had a life full of the, the hedonism where you're just like more and more and more and more and more, but it's not like more that's fulfilling and difficult. It's just like more that's instant, more McDonald's, more soda, more weed, more whatever. Like that's good as a balance sometimes. But if you're doing it, like if you're almost pursuing it in the way that you're pursuing the 360. Or you're pursuing it in the way that like i don't know like any of us pursue any of your goals then you get into a situation where your pleasure thing is ticked like your pleasure seesaw is like heavy and your pain like it's just like the slightest thing is so much discomfort that you can't even do it because like it gets to a point where you're just not having a mcdonald's that's painful it's not just that you like didn't have pleasure it gets to a point where, like, simple things that, like, you or me wouldn't even flinch at or think about twice. It would just happen. Like, someone cuts me off in traffic. I don't really yell at them. I'm just like, all right, buddy. Nice. And I move on. You know, I don't even think about it again for the rest of the day. It gets to a point where, like, little things like that, like, cut you so deep that you have to, like, work on your ability to even tolerate pain. So I think, like, that's to your point about, like, it's difficult for, like, everyone to do that. And you got to, like, build up the ability to even find the balance in the first place some people are so stuck already that they gotta like slowly work it back and you gotta do that by just taking small pain wins like you gotta acknowledge the pain pleasure thing exists and be like all right i'm gonna do a couple difficult things every day just to make me a more well-rounded person that can handle more difficult things because right now the outcomes that i would like to see I could never do them in a million years. And that's how you get out of it. And that won't even take you that long to do what I'm talking about, to get to a point where you actually can pursue your goals if you are in a fucked situation. But, like, it's just tough, man. It's easier said than done. Dude, it's also, like, a huge, like, perspective thing, too. Yeah. Because, like, our lives are literally just created about, like, whatever we experience in life, that's kind of, like, what we perceive going forward. So if you perceive yourself, like, oh, like, this is so hard, like, blah, 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 and you never see anyone in your life, you know be successful like you're not gonna think oh you could get there because you perceive yourself as probably a piece of shit so it's kind of kind of hard to start going on that path if you've never seen um that type of success it's really hard to like start and take that first step it's hard to manifest the way you talked about kind of mm-hmm. like it's really hard to imagine that reality where you're hard succeeding. to find the goal exactly mm-hmm. if you can't imagine it, well direction. Right, right. yeah yeah you're directionless mm-hmm, but exactly. in the complete opposite way of someone who's like 
you know, anti-goal because they're trying to live a balanced life. You're, like, the complete opposite, so you don't have any direction. Yeah, it's fucked. All right, um, we should start a new question. I, I want to ask... Can I ask a question? So this is yeah, a question yeah, I prepared, yeah. and I, I prepared it on the way here in the car, so... Right. Mostly in my mind, and then I wrote it down. And it was in reference to this book that I read a part of. I studied it a little bit for a class, and I don't totally remember it, but I remember how striking it was. And it reminded me of our contemporary society... It was written in, I think, 1930, I think on the dot, by the Spanish philosopher <clears throat> Jose Ortega y Gasset. I think I'm saying that right. Sounds and, familiar. Um, you might have heard of him. He's a famous Spanish philosopher. And he, the thing that really stuck out to me was that he, he was kind of, the book he wrote was called The Revolt of the Masses. And he was, and he kind of identified this mass society under the modern democratic regimes as very dangerous and that there would be and he kind of created this character called the mass man it's not supposed to represent one person it's supposed to represent the ideology of all the people of of the mass that's what it's supposed to represent and that there's this lack of responsibility i'll read a quote it's like this lack of responsibility this lack of ambition is a word i think we could use in english and it's a good contemporary word to describe it he says the mass is all that which sets no value on itself, good or ill, based on specific grounds, but which feels itself just like everybody, and nevertheless is not concerned about it, is, in fact, quite happy to feel itself as one with everybody else. And so, my qu I think that's a striking quote. That's this, like theme of mediocrity that we just see people accept it's like i'll just you know into your point right this he's not even saying these people are saying oh i'm so god like feeling sorry for themselves and saying i'm not worth it i i, I don't believe in anything it's not that that's not what he's getting at he's like this person is fully content with with no meaning mm -hmm. and and so my question is and and, and not this bearing sense of res responsibility my question is is it human nature to shy away from responsibility? Has this always been a thing? Or is it our contemporary society? If you think it's our contemporary society, which systems are teaching this kind of behavior to shy away from responsibility? Personally, I think there's like groups and subsets of individuals. I think some people are naturally inclined to, to follow the herd and, and kind of look at those pitfalls and you know, that hierarchy and, and be like, I'm, I'm kind of cool with that. And I think other people, and I can't put any, like, you know, material, mechanistic thing behind it, but for some reason have the drive to to do more than that, do different than that. They see that, and it, I don't want to say disgusts them. I feel like that's not the right word I'm looking for. But they see that, and they say, or think like that is not for me. I I, I need a different route for myself. Um, I like the word disgust, but continue. for the, for those who do follow that route, I think it's it, it's being okay with seeing someone else give in to the say hedonism and. I think I think a lot of people are are one good friend away or bad friend 
from doing the right thing or the wrong thing. That's so oh, that's really yeah. cool. I'm sorry. I think like you know, if if one person gets up and goes eat a cookie, every motherfucker's gonna look at that dude and be like, "Hmm, do I want a cookie?" Hmm. If one dude gets on the ground and does twenty push-ups, <laughs> the odds are that another person's gonna do push-ups is very high. Wow. Or an ice plunge. I was just, or an bro, ice plunge. I want to bring that. I want to bring that up because we've been doing this for two, two probably two and a half months you were straight. Doing it before that, I only did it because you had the tub available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've been doing it for like six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like probably like two months straight with you yeah, yeah. but there's been many times where you know I just go in the plunge I don't, I don't give a fuck like I'm down for it but there's one specific day it was like probably a month and a half in that I think you went first and then you just had like this reaction like like oh like it was like, fucking so cold oh, like, it wasn't actually that long ago uh, yeah it wasn't that it was long like ago a week and a half, it was like a couple weeks ago, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really cold it was yeah cold. It, was, it was really cold there was like three inches of ice it was yeah, all exactly. over my body it was horrible. My skin hurt. Absolutely horrible. Wind was cooking. Yeah, wind was cooking. Wind was day. cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and Gabe actually set it up too because before that he texted, Ooh, I the, texted the boys. I was like, yo, like a plunge should be illegal. Sucks today. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah, plunge yeah. should be illegal today. Yeah. And I was like, oh my oh, God. Dang. I took it a step further, bro. Dude, yeah. So with that thought, like, I usually don't like psych myself out, but like that day I psyched myself out because you did it first. So like it was kind of like just in my head, like, oh shit, like this might be actually like really horrible today. Like, fuck. Like, it's interesting how that happens. These guys were a social species. Man. Yeah, this yeah. huge influence over each other. Yeah. It's fascinating, actually. And so, but still, the question, why is the mass the mass, and why is the minority the minority? Dude, because I actually have a concept we learned in school that... Okay, please. So, at Bentley, they're, like, really into career services, and they make us all take these, like, straight-up aptitude tests that are, like, no one speeds wax, bro. It's, like, huge thing. you got to fill out all these questions. They rate you on, like, a bunch of different personality traits yeah. and abilities and whatever. Okay. And they, like, categorize you into, like, these are, like, five fields that people with your setup typically are the most satisfied, like, based on polling in this field. And it's, like, some crazy shit. And then they, like, they show you all the salaries for those jobs and, like, what certain jobs are like. And you go into specific, like, once they, like, sort you, they put you in the group with all the other people that have similar things to your thing. And they're like, then they teach you guys together about like, this is how you use the stuff that you guys believe. But a big thing you do in that, it's called locus of control, which is do you believe that like everything that you do is your responsibility and directly affects your reality? Or do you believe that like most things are not in your control and your reality just kind of does things? And it's essentially asking like, do you believe that like your free will actually affects the world you live in and like changes your life? Or do you believe that like, shit just happens and it's not your responsibility and that's kind of directly what you were talking about real quick question just for fun i would like everybody here to answer that yes or no yeah i totally think you directly affect your reality with your energy and like literally all the people in your existence you can affect by just being a certain way or thinking a certain way gabe and what is the question so the locus of control right locus of control at that can either be in the sense of you know us personally we have the control in our lives we can we can direct it the way we want to go or like more of like the um uh sociology like you know the world has an effect on us and like the systems at hand are are massively the ones pulling the the yeah no i think i think my actions are um i try to take as much responsibility for my actions because i think they're really important all of them but do you think that they directly affect all your outcomes like more than my outcomes or like mm-hmm. the world outcomes? Like your outcomes, stuff my, directly in your life. My out, yeah, every single. Like you feel like you have of control outcomes. of your destiny, essentially, like where you're going. Hundred percent. 
to, to a strong degree, not to, like to entirely. a serious degree. To yeah, a, yeah, okay, right. a fucking, that's, that's what to a fucking power. What about you? To a oh yeah, no, hundred thousand percent. Yeah. Who disses? Who like who disagrees? You actually be shocked. It's really, it's, oh, dude. So it's actually there's two kinds, like the kind we're talking about right now. We all agree on, yeah. and there's another kind where people totally disagree, but they might not say this to you in public. Right now, we're also having like they call this like we learned about this in school too, focus groups. It's a terrible yeah, this idea is a focus if you have group. one person that disagrees and four dudes that agree. Not that anyone, like, that's the case right now, but I'm saying, like, if you did, you wouldn't feel comfortable saying it. Like, ah, if you did, you wouldn't feel comfortable saying I, it because oh, four so other yeah, dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish we had someone that That is true. That, I wish like, we had, like, two Because that, that would just I mean, make We can play like, devil's agree. advocate. I mean, that's Everybody's the point of this kind of discussion. Though. I think, I think yeah, you, you've no, been no, disagreeing with, like, him. I'm like, when it's, like, you don't know any of them, it's a high-pressure situation. They're asking about a product you're getting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just going to agree with the group because you'd be like, oh, oh my yeah. opinion's I probably think, not valid. Whatever. I think that's just like a, a lack of like self-confidence. Well, my point here is well. that like, um, I think like the people that do feel that way have conversations like this more. And then if someone who doesn't feel that way finds himself in this conversation with some people they don't know that yeah, well, they'll agree. they might not feel comfortable to like yeah, they want to oh, just say yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when you actually do these tests okay. I'm talking about at school. It's like 60, 40 the other way. Like 40% of people think this thing and like 60 the other way. I could be wrong No, now, but that, no, but but that when I sense. took the test, that was the numbers. Huh. And like, dude, that actually blew my mind too because I was like, what? But I actually think that's almost like, they're almost statistically capturing like a piece of human nature where like some people that, that's just like almost, I don't know if it's like changeable. Like I feel like when you talk to someone, you get like this like feeling from them that yeah. they feel that way. And that's like most of my, like almost all of my friends I can say are like that because I'm so like that. Like I lean that way so far mm -hmm. that it's really hard for me to like empathize or understand or any of that stuff with someone who doesn't feel that way. And that's why like, I think that's like actually a really important aspect of a perception is this locus of control idea. Like you really do need to believe first <coughs> that your actions directly affect your reality in like a strong way. Dude, some people literally don't I'm believe trying that. Trying to find some shocked. data. No, so I mean, shocked. no, but but. Dude, just look up like locus of control. Like what percent? I'm, like I'm talking first. Like I forget what they're called. There's two different ones. Yeah. Have a high, only 17 percent of people have a high internal locus of control, which means they believe that stuff. 29 have a low or moderately low. I would I would have guessed it was like. Damn. I would have guessed. When less we took the test, it was more. You than think that, you think everyone. Opinion. At least you at think Bentley, most people wait, yo, have that. It just seems test, illogical. At Bentley, yeah. it's leaning more. It that seems way. illogical that's for me to say to do a bunch of stuff. Hmm. Or like a person with super if, low locus of control. Wait, this is get. this is really go because I have something really important to. That's to respond. Me up, it seems really highly illogical <laughs> for me. I guess somebody who shares our locus, whatever. Uh, you want to say sorry? It seems highly logical for somebody to have the other, not our way of thinking, because how can like why why wouldn't your actions affect around like what's around you why what wouldn't happens, it right why wouldn't yeah it? why wouldn't it well dude you get fired bro how's that your fault someone else fired you you got fired because you did something wrong well, what if you don't think that way what if you don't think you did what then if they just fired you stupid it seems illogical it seems my boss no, in, in another so sense, it seems wrong in another sense our our rationality our ability to reason is so powerful yeah and you can just think okay like you can kind of put aside that thing you did wrong and just think, well, my boss has always hated me, right? Because yeah, that, be that could be true too. You could. That could be true. I mean, and that can, can like affect your judgment on what you're talking about. As but, well. but but also what I want to touch on is like, it's one thing to say you have this high internal locus of control, right? That's one thing, but it's another thing to act as though it's true. I think the acting out of uh, the 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 action of 
taking accountability for your for your actions taking responsibility and having faith that the things you do matter that's that's what and that's why it's such a small percentage of people because people don't actually do it now like maybe 30% of people say it maybe 17 whatever. dude that stat is crazy that's, that's crazy that makes so much sense I though why, why like yeah, the yeah, mass yeah. doesn't take responsibility but, yeah. but it's just not yeah. like people's framework isn't like that and also like let's say you know like I had a friend who I've told you all about who like grew up in a bad situation where like he wasn't really taken care of um, and he came to our high school for a while but he already had a kid when he was at our high school and like he was doing better I'm not gonna name him obviously but then he goes back a bunch of shit happens like I've told you all the story he was basically in a situation where a bunch of stuff that was not his fault occurred to him before he was conscious like I'm talking about mm-hmm. so that sets up your actual reality it's telling you you don't have control of what happens to you yeah. this is just how it is that's so like you're just getting hit with these messages all the time really good. and by the time it's you're really our age good. like your whole world has been set up that way how can you think anything else so you have to go through this massive like spiritual shift if you're not already in prison to do that like it just it's fucked like and that's an extreme example but people find themselves on a whole spectrum of that I mean, like I've told you guys a donkey story. Like I'm like all the way one direction, bro. I straight up think like it's as much as you want it to be. It's like oh, all the attraction, super real, all that stuff. Like that might be mumbo jumbo, but real, I get through my life. Real quick, way. let's hear the donkey story. Uh, I, I want to tell the I won't say it in full depth on here. But I just haven't heard the donkey story. Uh, so. you, he's heard it. He's must, he you must have, have heard, heard it, it, but I can always cut it cut it out. Yeah, you want to cut this out? And I'll just tell them. <laughs> you don't have to ask me. You can do it after. But. I think the moral of it, uh, a, a big part of that story, Mike, was that you do have this beautiful control over your life and the things you do matter and that you can manipulate your reality for the good and that energy transfers are special. Dude, it could be God, it could be whatever you believe in, but like yeah. we're all connected, like all life forms at least, and even non-life to be honest. All life forms and non-life, we're connected in like this deep way where our legit, what we're made of at like a cellular atomic level is all similar or the same and they have interactions all the time like literally physically like in actual physics they have interactions but also like just like your energy i don't know how to describe it it's like almost like a wavelength where like sound waves light waves all the shit gets passed back and forth between you guys constantly and i think like while there's the objective fact that it's a light wave is a light wave it all moves at the same speed it's all got like a bandwidth whatever there's like a subjective quality that I think was where spirituality comes in. It's almost like the the gap. Hmm. Like, I don't know how to describe that, but it's yeah. like when you meet someone and, like, they just permanently make a difference in your life. Like, pretty yeah, much all yeah, you guys you just have get done. that feeling. You know, like, dude, the moment yeah. I met you, it was just different, bro. I was, like, barely yeah. conscious then. And it was just, like, we've been homies ever since. And we were, we were totally different people right now than we were then. And our friendship 100%. has either grown or staying consistent. Like, we've been boys forever. And, like, kind of same we with were. you. It's just got up since i like dude i met you like i think before either of us was really like conscious soon as we were conscious we met again instant homies you know what i mean and like i don't know something like that that subjective like energy that all things that are like alive you pass back and forth every day the interaction with your boss and your co-workers matters the interaction with like animals and plants that you're growing matters the interaction with like just when you go on a walk and appreciating like the fact that that tree looks pretty cool that shit actually matters you know, I don't know, it's fucked. It's just fucked to think about that. But, like, those interactions that seem stupid, just having a good energy about you, mm-hmm. I think, like, legit makes a difference in your life outcome. I don't know. Huge. And um, something that I've realized in my own life is when you walk into a room, the energy that you put out gets reciprocated back towards you. 
And so if you go out and, and you're stoked and, and you know, you're saying what's up to people, not because that's what you do in a society, but because that's what you feel like doing and you genuinely care about the answer and you walk into a grocery store and you ask that that person that's checking you out how their day was and they give you the whatever answer and you're like, but really, how was it? I don't know. I feel like a lot can be depicted about the conversations people have with with these random people throughout the day, because those conversations, the energy you give to people that you don't even know, you haven't even spent much time with, these are these little moments like the tree on the walk, like the random animal you pass by, like the cashier, anything. Yeah. In those moments, I feel like. You know, on days, sometimes it is hard. You know, I, I, I very much try to bring that energy as much as possible. And um, even earlier today, on days, it, it's sometimes hard because, like, I don't feel the the elevated energy, I'll call it. I don't feel the elevated intent of it. But it comes other days in just the situations I find myself in, the people that end up popping up, it just seems like it was meant to be. You know, and, and whether like it's just not supposed to be like that all the time or what, because some days you're not feeling it. It just tends to happen when that energy is there. It happens. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Very Thank much you. enjoyed that conversation. Thank you guys. I mean, that was sick. I this is the first of many, so it yeah, was a great first to, podcast. I look forward to talking more. I think this was great. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, boys. Time, boys. Thank right. you for all. Do we get an outro like cool music? Uh, I, uh, <laughs> not right now. Peace and love. They will. Fucking TikTok intro. <laughs>